right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to season two, episode number four of Tea with Abby. My name is Abigail Rose, and today's guest is someone that I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with because um, she is an expert in an area that I, I think I've struggled with and many women might struggle with as well. Let's say a big warm welcome to Kara Perez. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Applause for you. Thanks for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Kara is the founder um, of a company called Bravely Go. And I just love the name of that because you take something that feels so scary, finances, mm-hmm. and you have packaged it in this way that feels really empowering right from the start. So yeah. welcome. Thank you for having me. I think I appreciate that. I love when people... Um, take a moment to mention the name because I agonized over it for about three months before I actually got the LLC. So thank you. (laughs) So that's a good place to start. Why don't you tell us about the kind of inception of Bravely Go and if there were other names that you were going to call it? (laughs) So I have a degree in English. Let's start there. (laughs) I majored in English, um, critical race theory. And I was like, I'm definitely going to go to Hollywood and write screenplays and I'm going to win an Oscar by the time I'm 25 oh and everything's going to be amazing. So we do kind of have that synergy there. Yeah, I didn't realize that. When you were you were into theater, I was like, girl, I definitely did theater. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and um, money was not really on my radar growing up. Um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household and we were on food stamps for five, six years. Mm. And then luckily my mom was able to figure some things out and she is now financially stable, which is great. But money was just kind of like hard and not a thing we talked about. And then money didn't factor into my adulthood in a way. I was just really focused on my creative life and Mm -hmm. having fun, which I don't regret, but (laughs) um, I basically had my quarter life crisis when I was 26 here in good old Austin, Texas. I would cry in my car on 35 as I was going to my catering gig (laughs) and just be like, what am I doing with my life? Yes. Because I had student loans. I wasn't making very much, you know, I waited tables. I worked in catering. I made $15,000 a year, $16,000 a year. 2014, when I was 26, I made $18,000 and I was just like, okay, this is not sustainable. And not knowing anything about money is actually terrible and ruining my life because I say I want to be a creative, but I'm too stressed out and I don't actually have the time to do those creative things because I'm constantly hustling at these low paying jobs to pay my $400 a month student loans and my rent and my car insurance and all of these things. So I realized, okay, I got to get my financial life together. And I kind of fell into the world of personal finance out of necessity and found that I really loved it. Mm -hmm. And it was really inspiring to read all these stories of people who were paying off debt or who were investing a lot or who were doing all these incredible things with money. And I thought, well, I can do that. And so I paid off my last $18,000 in debt in 10 months and Uh... wrote about it. Yeah, thanks. It was crazy. I worked five different part-time jobs, seven days a week. It was the hustle of my life. I'll never work so hard again, honestly. (laughs) But it was a condensed period of time, right? Yes. Because I had, so I had a little over $25,000 in student loans when I graduated and then about 18000 And that was just small enough that I thought, okay, rather than kind of stretch this out, I'm just going to knock it out right now. Whereas my boyfriend, we started dating around the time that um, I got really serious about money. He had about $60,000 in student loans wow. and was making about twenty-four grand mm-hmm. a year. <laughs> Very low income household. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't really make sense for him to like hunker down and try and pay off 60 grand in 10 months, but 18, I could do that, you know, even though 
I didn't have a lot of money or a lot of resources. So, and then I blogged about it the whole time. I put that English degree to use. I wrote about it and, and really developed a love for the world of personal finance and talking to people about money. And I realized I wanted to do it full time. It was really becoming an obsession. Wow. And a lot of finance companies have names like the money magnet or like the dough roller. And these are all (laughs) like, I get it. I get it. But that's not my own journey had been so much about kind of like facing my money and finding the bravery and the courage to, to be a woman in the space and to be a low income woman in the space, a single woman in the space. And to say like, this is my truth. And this is just what I got going on. So I decided on, I wanted the word bravely to really be part of it because we do things bravely. Mm -hmm. There's an action to that word. It's an adverb. And then I added the go because I needed it. I couldn't get bravely LLC. So I added the go as you get bravely go LLC. Oh, that's beautiful. That's my story. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you. And to finding a way to put your college degree to use. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that name says it all because it is really scary to honestly look at your finances and um, particularly, you know, I'll be honest, we are in a startup right now. And before that, I've been making my living as an actor. So I definitely fall into that financial bracket that you're mentioning. And um, a lot of what we've been doing this year is being very transparent with ourselves about our financial state. And it takes a bit of bravery and courage to actually look at your bank account and then to lay out some sort of plan for yourself and Mm -hmm. to be honest with um, how you're going to spend your money on a weekly basis to like make your financial goals happen. Yeah, definitely. And it's shockingly easy to lie to yourself about money because there are so many uh, systems in place for you to have access to credit, whether that's credit cards or layaway at stores or something, people will really give you something for not that much, Mm -hmm. but you always pay on the back end, right? Like you pile up debt or the interest rates are crazy, but it is very easy to live in a bubble where you're thinking, Oh, like I have time to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Or the truth isn't really the truth because Mm -hmm. there are these like things I can fudge. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people do that. Unfortunately, we, we lie to ourselves because it is easier. It does take courage. Um, I like to be brutally honest with myself (laughs) because yeah, I mean, I started my company with 3,300 bucks. Like this is not some VC funded (laughs) unicorn situation. This is me hustling in the extra bedroom of my house. (laughs) Um, and when I first started bravely, you know, I lived in a house with three roommates and it was just me in the corner of my bedroom. (laughs) hustling. So definitely, I think being honest, being transparent with yourself and to an extent, the people around you, you don't have to open up your bank account to every person that you meet, but to just say like, again, this is kind of what I'm working with. It sets expectations for what you can and will do. um, Or both in terms of like, I cannot go to the hundred dollar a meal restaurant, but I can go to the taco place where we can get tacos for three bucks. And in terms of I need this sponsorship at this amount in order to make this event happen or to Mm -hmm. make this partnership happen or something like Mm -hmm. that. Is there a core philosophy that Bravely Go um, teaches about or uh, is founded on when it comes to money? Yeah, definitely. I always say we are here to make money actionable, accessible, and intersectional. So there's a lot of people talking about money, which is amazing. The more, the better, uh, especially women. But a lot of people come at it from a very white, very high income, Mm -hmm. very heteronormative 
space, which is the truth for a lot of people. I mean, I'm a straight white woman, like I get it. <laughs> but um, we have to talk about things like gender. We have to talk about things like sexuality. We have to talk about things like race because we live in a world where those impact our dollars. Mm-hmm. So if we don't acknowledge there's a wage gap between men and women, if we don't acknowledge that there's a wage gap between black men and white men, we really can't give the best financial advice. If we assume a level playing field, we automatically do a disservice to people. So intersectionality is huge. I also think I talk like a regular person because I am a regular person. <laughs> um, so I'm big into Instagram and, you know, using these tools, social media, rather than being like, let's talk about tax loss harvesting. Like no one knows what that means. If I say that, right? right. It's an investment term that no one understands. But if I'm like, hey, would you like to pay less taxes on your investments? People are like, yeah, that sounds great. It's like, okay, let's get into this. You know, I use a lot of pop culture references because that's where people are. I can't expect people to meet me on my money nerd level. I have to go meet them on their like Cardi B level, which is also my level. So it's great. (laughs) (laughs) When, um, I mean, when you were on this journey to start Bravely Go, uh, how were you like educating yourself? Did you enlist in classes was you were just getting online and like becoming Google's best friend. Like, oh my gosh. You know, what I happened? Google definitely have my degree from university of Google <laughs> and also a lot of events. Um, like I said, there's a lot of people talking about money. So there's conferences, there's books, there's webinars. I took so many webinars <laughs> and so many online courses, uh, from other finance professionals. And there are, um, the world of money is very interesting because you can get licensed, but, um, you can, you can have a lot of different licenses. You can have your investment, licenses, you can have a CFP license, certified uh, financial planner, things like that. And a lot of those come with very strict rules. And it's actually, I think, I can't give people specific investing advice because I don't have those licenses, but I, I am much more flexible around what I can and cannot say because I am not um, I am not limited by what the, the founding bodies of financial licenses say. Mm. So um, yeah, I tell people, straight up, I work with people as a money coach and I'm like, you know, I'm not a planner. I'm not licensed in this way. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of books, a lot of articles, a lot of YouTube, yeah, a lot of conferences. Amazing. Um, also, did y'all notice we're rich today? (laughs) You know, I robbed a bank on my way over here. (laughs) Well, um, I would love to like talk about your business um, like for hours with you and just learning all the ins and outs of that. And so I'll make sure at the end of this, we plug it. So that way, um, for our viewers out there can go learn about, um, how they can use Bravely Go to Bravely Go in their lives. But I'm, you know, something on this show I'm very curious about is, um, the parts of starting something, um, that are a lot more personal and, um, can kind of get, shuffled behind when uh, success starts to come. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I I love that you're really honest about, hey, this is where I was. I had these student loans. I took 10 months. I paid it off. What was like the jump from, okay, that's where you are to now you have a business and how painful, how easy was it? Um, Like what happened in the middle of that roadmap? Oh, that's a great question. It's a big question. <laughs> and I feel like so many things happened. I'm also like, what even did happen? <laughs> so yeah, the, I think the biggest thing is if you want to start a business of any type, you have to take yourself seriously. And a lot of people, and I see this a lot in the work that I do, 
they have a passion, they're really interested in something and, or they just really dislike their current work situation. Mm -hmm. And so they tell themselves, I'm going to have a startup. I'm going to become a freelancer or something. And that's fantastic, but take yourself seriously and follow the proper channels. You know, if you want to start a business, become an LLC, get that protection right away. Don't just be a sole proprietor. Um, understand what your contracts need to look like. And maybe you need to hire a lawyer to draft some for you because mm -hmm. contracts are, you know, they are the be all end all <laughs> of a startup. You have to protect yourself legally. Um, understand that you're going to have to have a lot of probably uncomfortable conversations around setting your rates and getting people to pay you what you need to pay, include taxes in that, and then mm -hmm. add 10% on top of that. You know? right. um, and so learning all of that was something that I did on the fly, on the go. And I put a lot of attention into it in the beginning. And then some of it kind of happened organically, but I'm so, so glad that I kind of really buckled down and didn't just lead with my heart. I led with more of a practical, how can I make this sustainable? Because now I've been in business for four years. I've been doing it full time for a while. For a while, I supported myself and par partially supported my boyfriend off of this. And so wow. I'm just like, okay, I'm obviously great at this, but it's also due to the systems that I put in place that I can lean on when I have an off day or when I have to go spend half the day doing something that's not actively earning me money. Mm -hmm. um, is there a point that you felt signified you made it, whether your company made it, you made it personally. Mm -hmm. Has that happened? Are you still working towards that? Yeah. I loved that you sent this question because in some ways, when I think back, I'm like, I've totally made it. I'm not waiting tables anymore. Every time I go to a restaurant, I'm just so grateful that I'm not doing that because I really uh, hated it. <laughs> I know. And shout out to everyone in the service industry. Yes. I've worked in probably over at least 20 restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, and what people also don't know is right before we launched this business into an incubator, I went and did a little stint in the Mexican restaurant because mm -hmm. uh, we were having kind of a lag time between, okay, we're going to take this business to conception. We're going to actually go for it. And okay, well, okay, we've already, you know, Albert had already quit his job. And so we're relying on my acting income and that just couldn't cut it. And um, I'm very grateful for being uh, self-reliant enough that I can always lean back into that industry. But man, I have so much respect for servers. Like I clean up the table. I'm like, oh, oh so much. So Some free busing, you got to <laughs> do it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, continue. Um, yeah, I catered still. I catered for five and a half years and two of them were while I was getting Bravely up mm -hmm. and running. And Bravely has been profitable since day one, which is great. But as you well know, you have to put a lot of money back into the business. Right. And as someone in finance, I didn't want to sacrifice also my own personal financial investments and savings and making sure I had my emergency fund mm -hmm. and my Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So shout out that catering company. Um, so I think like if you asked 25 year old Kara has 31 year old Kara made it in many ways, she would say, yes, I'm doing work that I love. I set my own schedule. I have location freedom. Um, I'm well-respected in my field. I think all of that is incredible. I think too, though, there's a lot that I still want to do. I mean, Bravely is profitable. It's doing well. I would like to see it do significantly better than mm -hmm. what it currently is. I'd like to hire and employ you full time. So there's a lot of milestones still in front of me to come. But I will say earlier this year, 2020, I was on NPR and that was really cool because, Ooh. you know, not a lot of people in my family, especially my older aunts and uncles and my mom, who's 66, she's like, 
not sure what you do. Yeah. It's money on the internet. <laughs> and so for me to be, you know, Kara Perez, financial expert, joins us today on NPR, and she got to listen to that live, I think she was like, oh, okay, my daughter has a real job. <laughs> that is that is the moment right there when your parents go, aha, uh-huh. oh, okay. okay. Yep. <laughs> that's huge. That's all you need right there. That was great. Um, wow, that's huge. Um, what was that experience like? It was wild. They emailed me, you know, 24 hours before How'd we they did the recording. You? I don't like Google. I don't even know. <laughs> um, but they were great. It's the show 1A uh-huh. um, on NPR. And they wanted to do just an episode on money. So it was myself and this man who is like much more credentialed than I am. I think he went to Princeton and he's like written a book. He hangs out with Jay-Z. And they're like, oh, we want you. I was like, okay, well this is what I, this is what I want to say, you know, just so you know, I don't want to like pull any punches and they're like, no, we're a a first amendment. That's what it stands for. One, a first amendment podcast. Like you can say whatever you want. We believe in systemic sexism. I was like, great. (laughs) So it went really well. Here I come. (laughs) Um, yeah, I like that. I think that, that kind of, to me, like you're bravely go, I don't know, maybe it also speaks to, um, this financial feminism as well, that like, you're not afraid to address, what's really going on under the hood, the truth of um, kind of how our country has created wealth for a very specific kind of person. And it makes me think that like you're bravely going into (laughs) this and and kind of being a voice for everyone who needs that opportunity to say, oh, wait, I, I, I deserve better. I could do better. Yeah, thanks. That's such a good way of looking at it. Um, yeah, I think so. So financial feminism is what's here on my shirt. Um, and so this is sort of a new um, kind of catchphrase buzzword that's making its way to the personal finance community and something that we've covered on my podcast, which is called The Fair Sense, C-E-N-T-S, uh, where myself and my co-host, we cover um, big picture women and money issues. So we're talking about things like Uh, the wage gap. We're talking about things like emotional labor in romantic and professional relationships and how women do the bulk of that and Mm. how that can show up in the workplace. Mm. Uh, We're talking about things like being disabled and how that, again, shows up in the workplace. It shows up in our finances. Um, And to me, that is what financial feminism is. It's this, you know, feminism is women wanting to be equal to men, right? Wanting to create the social systems and the mindset that we genuinely value women at the same level that we do with men. And with financial feminism, it's the same thing only via our finances. Women should be paid equally to men. They should be respected equally to men. We should have equal representation in, you know, Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100, any company. We should have equal representation, things like that. Um, And for me, again, tying it back into that sense of intersectionality is very important. Mm -hmm. And also saying when I do get opportunities to be on NPR, to be you know, featured in such and such to say, you know, I don't need to come in guns blazing, but if I'm asked something and I think it deserves an intersectional answer, I'm going to give an intersectional answer, not just to like rent out your room. So you could make an extra 500 bucks a month. Like yep. not everyone can rent out a room. <laughs> you know? Right. We need to talk about that. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, how do, how has this experience been as a woman in the world of finance, starting a business, um, you know, all of the founders I speak with are women identifying, um, and, you know, and a lot of them talk about these experiences where they walk into a VC opportunity and it's just a table full of dudes. 
for, um, you know, our Renzo Box founder while she's in um, its technology and um, beauty. Um, she's dealing with men every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the space like for you? And do you have women amongst you? Um, what, like, how has that experience been? Yeah, I think my position is unique because I'm not actively seeking funding. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go pitch in front of a room full of eight white men. Right. <laughs> um, and the finance world writ large is definitely very dominated by men. I mean, banking is dominated by men. The world of, we call it kind of high finance, um, and that would be like your hedge fund managers uh-huh. and, um, you know, head chair of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, shout out my boy Jerome, like <laughs> a man, right? So very, very heavily dominated by men. The world of personal finance also dominated by men. And this, I'm thinking like bloggers, podcasters, mm-hmm. writers, things like that, Um but a lot of women are doing their own thing and creating their own lanes. And whether that's they're just kind of charting their personal journey on a blog like I used to of like, I'm paying off my debt or I'm beginning to invest or they're just on Instagram sharing mm-hmm. their stories. Um, there's a lot of voices. And so it's been really wonderful to have a lot of support. I'm in several mastermind groups that are all women in personal finance. So we can ask each other questions about, hey, what is this company paying you for an article? Hey, have you ever gotten mm. pushback from this? You know, we have that support, which is really, really nice. And the number one thing I would say to any woman in any field is to seek out other allies and allies can be anyone, but people who share your lived experience are invaluable, I think. Here in Austin, um, if someone just off the street was looking to, um, you know, the, the idea being that, um, sometimes you need to elevate your environment. You need to elevate the people you're surrounding yourself by, um, to step into a new chapter of your life. Um, what's available to us here in Austin to do that? Like in terms of finances or just, yeah, in terms of finances, like, is is there anything specific that comes to mind? Oh, well, Bravely Go is obviously a <laughs> So we do, I mean, we have, we offer events. Yeah, it does like that. Yeah. So we do uh, conferences about four times a year that are day long conferences. Mm-hmm. We did one in January called Talk Money to Me. And we covered debt payoff, investing, negotiation, and financial independence. Uh, we are doing one in April, April 4th, and it's called the Self Made Summit. And so that is for founders who are self funded. And mm-hmm. so they're not seeking investors, they're just using personal savings or maybe taking out a bank loan or something like Mm -hmm. that. And what systems do they need to put in place? Mm -hmm. What do they need to do with that money? How can they stand out from the crowd and develop a real marketing plan Mm -hmm. and not just a pretty Instagram page? Right. Um, And so so we're a great resource, I would say, here in Austin. But outside of that, I think if you're looking to level up your money specifically, the first thing you should do is actually turn inward and Mm -hmm. ask yourself, what am I trying to do and what is my biggest problem? And to use myself as an example, back when I was 26, my biggest problem was I have this debt. It stresses me out. I don't know what to do with it. And I can't make any progress on it because I don't have a very high income. So my problem was twofold. I felt like I had high expenses and low income. Mm -hmm. And so what did I need to do that? I needed to earn more money and I needed to pay off my debt ASAP. So ask yourself, what am I trying to do with my money? Do I feel like I'm not saving enough? Do I feel like I don't know what investing is? Do I feel like I am only like, I don't have anyone in my life I can talk to about money and I really want to Mm. because I'm a money nerd. I'm a secret money nerd. (laughs) And then from there, 
you'll be able to find a solution. Maybe it is that you want to come to a Bravely event and be surrounded by money nerds. Maybe you just need to get a book on investing. Um, But definitely, I think the clearer you can get on what you want, the easier you'll be able to find those solutions. Mm. Do you think there's any money myths or lies that we tell ourselves that hold us back? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have enough time to do X later is probably the biggest one. Mm. And I see that a lot around investing. Oh, I'll invest later when I'm 30, when I'm 35, when my income hits a certain amount, um, which I just as like a quick finance 101, the earlier you can start investing, the better off you'll be. It's not timing the market, it's time in the market. Mm. That is how people like you and I become millionaires. Mm. (laughs) Um, And so that's a big one. I also think, again, just what we were saying earlier, it's so easy to just kind of lie to ourselves about the reality of our money. Um, And it is so easy to let other people dictate our spending. You know, if your friends want to go out and you want to see your friends, of course you're going to go out, regardless of whether or not you actually have that money or if it's just going on a credit card. If Christmas comes around and you want, or, you know, whatever you celebrate, (laughs) um, I was raised Catholic, uh, comes around and you want to fly home or you want to get your boo and your parents and your siblings gifts, you know, you're going to do that because there's that emotional connection there, even though maybe again, financially you don't have the money. So I think the more honest and and gracefully honest, you don't Mm. have to be brutally honest. I hate that phrase. Like Mm. no one needs brutal honesty. What we need is kind honesty. Mm. What we need is inclusive honesty. What we need is graceful honesty. And so just sitting down and saying to yourself, like, I actually feel a little out of control in X, Y, and Z way, or I feel great in X, Y, and Z way. And I'd like to hold on to that as long as possible. will show you a lot of things about your money. Gracefully honest. (laughs) You're getting me really motivated for today. I'm like, ah, Because <laughs> um, uh, we are raising money right now and we're just trying to figure out everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be frank. Um, what does self-care and um, work-life balance look like for you? As you said, you are in control of your time, where you work, your location. Um, so how do you separate... Um, when it's time to put in your hours or run your business and, you know, do what feels good for your soul? That's a great question. And I feel like I have just in the last maybe six months figured Mm. that out (laughs) for myself. Um, So the first thing that for me is really helpful is having a dedicated workspace Mm -hmm. separate from the rest of my home because I work out of my home. And so when I worked in the corner of my bedroom, that was really hard. Uh, now I have a third extra bedroom so I can close the door and it's totally my office, right. which is amazing. I decorated it. Everything feels great. It's like my safe, productive work space. And congrats. That's an awesome. Ugh, it's amazing. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. And actually my boyfriend's in grad school. And so on the weekends, it's his study space. So it works out beautifully for both beautiful. of um, And the other thing for me that's so important is that Again, since I work from home, it's very easily it's very easy to isolate myself. Like I don't have to leave my house to do anything, mm-hmm. and I'm an extrovert, and I need human interaction. Mm-hmm. So I try to make co-working dates with people mm-hmm. at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we'll go to a coffee shop, we'll go to a co-working space, whatever it is. So I can see someone, I can chat about some things, maybe get some business feedback. Um, 
that's so important to my mental health. Otherwise, I mean, I have had days where it's like, oh, I didn't leave the house for two days. And like, yes, I kind of got a lot done, but I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I need, I know I need that. Do you follow a strict schedule? Um, you know, because as entrepreneurs, it's pretty easy to just like go, go, go seven Mm -hmm. days straight. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, have you found rhythm for yourself? Yeah, I work six days a week. I Uh work Monday through Saturday. Uh I always take Sunday off. I won't work on Sunday unless it's an absolute crisis. (laughs) Um, And that is also something I implemented last year in 2019. Um, I usually start work between 8.30 and 9. I sleep in. I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm up at 5 a.m. I don't do that. (laughs) Do you get up and like, change out of your pajamas into real clothes? No. Some people say to do that, but I don't do that. <laughs> I am a pajama girl, 100%. Um, so I'll do the deep work, and then I'll try and do kind of like middle work, which for me is organizational stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, I will just do pure admin. It's yep. a lot of answering emails or you know digital organization, something like that. Ticket stuff, because you have events yes. coming up. Mm-hmm. I see. Cool. Oh, that's... This, um, I love learning about how entrepreneurs figure out how to use their time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy for us, uh, we're married, to be lying in bed at night and like dive into an idea. But we also have a lot of other people at stake um, whose ideas are equally as valuable and should know about that. And so early on, we realized like, time out. This is a conversation for tomorrow morning's meeting, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, But sometimes it feels really tempting to just go, go, go. Mm -hmm. From the minute you wake up, you roll over, you look at your phone, and, you know, you're working until you fall asleep because you want this thing to happen. But it's almost, uh, it's it's detrimental, actually, because then you end up getting burnt out, like, really quickly. Um, And and it's frustrating because, like, you know, why is this not moving forward? But yeah. it's not moving forward because you need to take a breather and yeah. reset. Um, what are some of the services? Real quick, let's just dive back into Bravely Go um, so that people know that, you know, what, what are some of the main pillars of what um, your company offers? Yeah. So like I mentioned, we do the events Mm -hmm. and I also work with people one-on-one as a money coach. Mm -hmm. So that's probably, that makes up the bulk of my work. So if you're looking for someone to walk you through your budget, help you organize your investments and create a plan to pay off your debt, I'm your girl. (laughs) And we also do online courses and webinars. So I do free webinars and then we have workshops um, that are ticketed. They're usually about $15 Mm -hmm. that we'll do a deeper dive on a topic. And then we have courses that are available. They're self-paced, so you can just buy one and do your own thing with that. Wow. That's a just a phenomenal accomplishment that <laughs> you've you. created this entire curriculum and business. And um, I'm, I'm just I'm really in awe of how thoughtful and um, how intentional it is. And um, it means so much, I think, that it is intersectional, it is accessible, and it's inclusive because, I don't know, I feel like it would, it would look really pretty otherwise, but mm-hmm. there's something that feels really change and actionable about what you're doing, and I'm excited to see what happens next for you. Is there anything you want to share about what's on the horizon? Oh, man. Um no, <laughs> I feel like you got the event on the fourth. We got the event April fourth, self made summit. Great. Um, past that, it's kind of oh, actually yes. There's one other thing that I yeah. need to do. Um, 
So in June 10th and 11th, I'm actually hosting the Financial Feminist Summit, and this is going to be totally online. Um, it's free to attend, and I've gathered some amazing women speakers to come talk about money and in an amazing way. I think some of it will be very practical, actionable, you know, debt payoff 101, investing 101, and other parts of it are going to be how women are changing the personal finance narrative, how politics affects our money, things like that. So I'm super excited about that. Tickets haven't been released yet, um, but that is on the horizon. So if you follow us on, on the socials and stuff, you'll be seeing some stuff for that soon. Amazing. How do we follow you? Yes. So Instagram's my number one platform and that's at we bravely go. I'm also on Twitter more than I would like to be on Twitter. And that is at bravely go. No, we on that one. And then you can find my website, bravelygo.co. It rhymes. Don't go to bravelygo.com. I don't know what you'll find there. <laughs> it's not my website. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you Google Kara Perez, money, Austin, bravely, it'll something, come. it'll all come up. <laughs> and then your podcast is called Fair Sense. Fair Sense. Yes. The fairer. F-A-I-R-E-R oh. sense C-E-N-T-S. It's a play on the fair sex. Um, and that has that has 34 episodes and we won a couple awards, so we think it's good. Ah. <laughs> ah. Um, well, I hope that y'all out there feel a little bit more motivated to bravely go forward in your own financial journey. Um, I know that turning 30 next month um, something that I have been striving for is some financial autonomy for myself. Um, and that's been a decades long goal. Um, and so I'm hoping that, uh, turning 30, uh, welcomes a new chapter and I'm just really excited for myself and for all of my nineties babies who are also turning 30 and we're all stepping into this kind of new chapter of our lives. And I'm watching friends um, make investments and buy houses and start companies and build businesses. And um, all of these women are just so powerful. And so thank you so much, Kara, for being in the room today and not, you know, inspiring me, but absolutely inspiring some people out there. So if you're out there and you're feeling like, you know, your your money life could use an upgrade, um, it's possible. We it can is do possible. It. It's totally possible. Oh. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's your statement sip for us today? Yeah, my statement sip is, uh, so like I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. I have a quote from Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world, tattooed around my ankle. I got it when I was 18. <laughs> and um, I would say that is my statement sip, just... If you feel that an area needs reform or just your voice and you want to be a part of the conversation, go be a part of the conversation. Amazing. Let's say it together. We'll look at the camera. We'll take a sip and then we'll do a cheers. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, wait. Are we going to say, be the change you wish to We're see in the okay. world? Okay. <laughs> this, this is the film and theater coming okay, out here. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Be, be the, the change, change you wish, wish to see, see in the world. world. Well, thank Cheers. you so much. Cheers. <laughs> and that's another episode of Tea with Abby. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for watching Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned. <laughs> smack that like button. See that like button? Smack it. Thanks so much for watching an episode of Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned with new episodes all year long. 
And if you want to learn more about Blended Sense, visit us at our website, www.blendedsense.com, or follow us on social at Blended Sense or at blendedsense.io. See you next week.